0: Hola, hi and hello. Welcome to the Tech Geek Podcast. I am your host, Sutruti Adhavanshi. Hope you guys are staying safe. So folks, today we're gonna talk about serverless architecture, a technology that almost every organization had to adopt after the pandemic kicked in. Serverless architecture is a method to build and run applications and services without having to manage infrastructure. You no longer have to provision, scale, and maintain servers to run your applications, databases, and storage systems. Agility, scalability, and security are a few clear advantages in the adoption of serverless architecture. So, where we understand and know the clear accelerated adoption of uh, this model, we should also broaden our horizons, learning what opportunities it brings for you as a developer. And to elaborate on this, I'm in conversation with Shantanu Pritam, the Chief Technology Officer from PayU India. A seasoned technologist and engineering leader, Shantanu has more than two decades of experience in building software products and driving digital transformation strategy. An expert in creating customer-first technology solutions, Shantanu has led and mentored global teams to build highly scalable cloud platforms, such as omnichannel and e-commerce platforms, and transportation ecosystems, including CRM systems for Fortune 100 companies. Welcome to the show, Shantanu. I'm delighted to have you here with us today.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Sukriti, for the great uh, introduction. And yes, you are so right, Sukriti. First of all, uh, I greet uh, every listener and uh, everyone on the call. Uh, Very good afternoon and most important, uh, assuming everyone is keeping in best of their health and wish them a very happy and, you know, pinkest of their health. To, be, to, to, to begin with, uh, Sukriti, yes, uh, my role in PAYU is I'm accountable for complete technology innovations and building the FinTech platform at a scale at PAYU. And yes, you are so right with the uh, last one and a half years, unprecedented times of uh, this uh, pandemic. Uh, There has been some interesting technology advancement in the world, and especially the serverless computing or serverless architecture, what you have mentioned and what we have been hearing, it's for sure has taken a giant leap in adoption life cycles of different organizations. Back to you, Sukriti.
0: Thanks, Shandaru. I'm looking forward to some interesting insights from you uh, during this conversation. So let's get started with the questions. Uh, so to start with, uh, Shanthi, help me understand what are the initial building blocks of serverless computing.
1: So uh, to before directly going into the building blocks, uh, Sukriti, I know you gave a gave a right uh, two liner definition of serverless computing, but I thought I'll just take a few you know minutes to help all our uh, users if someone who has dialed in for the first time and hearing this phrase serverless computing for the first time i will like to define what it really means it's a very simple it is a way of cloud computing execution strategy it's a very unique and innovative way where it allows us to build and run applications without really needing to manage infrastructure now people will say that that's what cloud was about so what is the big deal about serverless computing then what is different from cloud so cloud is the overall whole container in the realm of this whole thing runs now serverless architecture or serverless computing goes one level up so basically what it allows is it allows us to decouple the key operational accountabilities from our architecture like what a, What could be those operational accountabilities like provisioning, scaling, maintenance, resources on demand, all such kind of operational accountabilities, common infrastructure management tasks, scheduling, patching, provisioning, that all is left to the cloud providers. And in turn then what it does is, it gives a lot of bandwidth to engineers to actually dedicate their time on involving the business logic part of their application or process. So in nutshell, Sukriti, serverless computing runs the code on demand in a stateless behavior, in a stateless model, in a stateless container on a per request basis and it scales beautifully with the number of requests which are served on it. And the best part, which many people would love to hear, is literally you need to pay for only what you use. This is the cloud was also like that, but there in the cloud, the whole box you get to pay and use for. But here it is actually literally you pay only for the invocations your services are making and functions are being invoked. They for their uses you need to pay for. So in turn, it enables the users to pay only for what you use and never to pay for what you don't use or where the capacity is idle now to come to then how such a you know what constitutes then serverless uh, computing or what are the key defining blocks of uh, serverless architecture so in that sense, sukriti a serverless computing is primarily sitting on a backbone of event driven uh, architecture or event driven thought process and from that perspective there are only three key constituents of serverless architecture which is the events or the sources of events themselves which become the invocator of the serverless architecture paradigm then the key defining block of serverless computing which is called a function as a service which is the functions themselves which, run the, which do the heavy lifting and last but not the least these functions which rely on the different kind of shared resources what you can think of so, you, so now if you visualize sukriti it is a three layer thing so what are the things which drive the invocation of serverless computing events or the source of events itself And what are those for example you make a uh, you know api request you make something called that you know pay pay thousand rupees to security so there is a you know payment api from a bank which security has account for where it says that pay thousand rupees so that request the event that now i have to pay thousand rupees for that api to security is an event itself so the request of an api is a starting of that invocation now there is a Place where the actual code is written—that how to do the credit and debit of the money—that is a function that is the key constituent block, and that function resides and decides on a shared resource, which could be anywhere, which is called the resource. So, event, the function, and the resource. So, these are the key fundamental blocks of a serverless architecture paradigm. Sukriti, so back to you.
0: Those were some, uh, you know, good basics uh, that you shared, Shantanu. Thank you so much for that. Uh, moving on to the next one. What are the main advantages of adopting a serverless architecture? I know this is a very basic question that people should know, but to have the right reasoning behind it, I think that's more important to have an understanding of.
1: So, first again, uh, I will start from uh, Sukriti. Everyone loves money. Everyone, you know, when you are a CIO, when you are a CEO, or when you are a CTO, or even when you are a VP of engineering, or when you have any time you have a and accountability, Sukriti, what is the one thing always bothers you in today's world? Because your business is growing at an amazing, exponential, rapid scale, right? In last, especially 18 months, we have seen Sukriti, the digital economy, the growth of digital economy with the vision of, uh, you know, our government of digital India. We have seen the way our digital economy has grown. It is absolutely exponential. Then can we afford to have our operational cost also at the same level? Absolutely not. And this is where the serverless computing paradigm comes to all our you know benefit what is it does is absolutely reduced operational cost in nutshell as i said earlier in my introduction also no need to run a server 24 by 7 no need to pay when a server is idle no need to pay when your compute is not being used so similarly to is and pas the whole engineering and infrastructure cost reduction is one of the most basic and fundamental advantage of serverless architecture. you pay for managed servers you pay for databases you pay for application logic in terms of a overall cloud thing but when you move to serverless architecture paradigm, you pay only for the invocation of the function it calls for else you don't pay so basically, if you see, which uh, earlier also I mentioned Shukriti, ordinarily servers use only 10 to 15 percent of their computing power. But we need to pay for the whole compute uh, uses. But when we are using serverless uh, computing, there is no need to have a server running 24 by 7, and it allows the serverless providers to charge only for the time that function was running. So that's one of the key Advantage. The second is very seamless operational management. As a you know, as a CTO or CIO of the organization, I don't need to figure out that what are the infrastructure pitfalls of my whole path because that's where the serverless computing will take care. Because there is a very clear separation, or you can say decoupling, between infrastructure services. And the functions which run as a service on the as a key constituent block of this paradigm. Then the second part is because these functions have automatic scaling capability, not only it reduces the cost, it reduces the overall management overhead. That's another advantage. The third advantage, very, very important advantage, is as I earlier called it out, that your engineers, right? Who are the, and today they are becoming the most important part of our whole human capital life cycle. We allow the engineers to focus on the core business logic capabilities. We allow the engineers to focus on what is more important to build rather than what is needed to manage. Let them, the serverless computing, do that lifting. So basically, if I need to summarize uh, Sukriti, reduced engineering lead time, I can see as a CTO or as a manager of the people who needs to learn large organizations, enhanced developer productivity, no need to reserve a fixed amount of hardware or bandwidth, Innovation and POCs become faster and easier, reduced operational costs, and of course, last but not the least, automatic scaling and very minimal maintenance cost. Sukriti. So,
0: Great. So, you know, we, we've moved on to uh, two levels of our conversation, uh, Shantanu. The third one that I need to know is that, you know, uh, when organizations are trying to eye adopting uh, serverless, right? So what are the key decision criteria one should keep in mind while adopting serverless architecture? Any tips? And yep. tips so, you suggest?
1: so, yes, this is also a very important uh, decision factor, uh, Sukriti, because when you hear this uh, podcast you will realize that oh the advantages are many for then why everyone is not moving to it well as you know everything comes with its uh, pros and cons and everything comes with an architectural decision points so some of the things because it allows or enables the transactions to be isolated and scaled easily it becomes a very good scenario and use case for high volume and parallel workloads now i'll go to a very you know very interesting scenario sukriti i'm not sure if you have heard of ever heard of sukriti something called monte carlo simulations sukriti not really uh, shantanu would love okay. to know about it do, 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 do you invest in a stock sukriti or uh, of course some of your uh, you know uh, your uh, relatives may be spending yes, a, yes. Uh, investing in stocks, right? So now very simple things is, won't it be so easy for us to know that if I can predict the outcome of a stock, what would be the price of the stock, right? Or something like that, right? So he, So, what is in reality a Monte Carlo simulation, Sukriti? it is used for portfolio management and financial planning in financial segments. They are primarily used to model the probability of you know unpredictable outcomes the outcomes which can't be easily predicted and it is you know it it is it is a mathematical method algorithmic method which allows us to estimate the future outcome of something which is really hard to predict event sukriti so now some of using ibm uh, functionless as a server programming uh, paradigm This Monte Carlo simulations was used, and you'd be surprised to know, Sukriti, what earlier used to take around 250 minutes with 100% CPU utilization, same thing was able to be done in only 90 seconds with 1,000 concurrent invocations. So that powerful, you know, a serverless programming can be if used in the right business use case and in the right way it is used. So, basically what it means is wherever there is a heavy load, background task, decoupled tasks or multimedia use cases, we can very happily use serverless programming paradigm. If suppose we want to create online ML based chatbots, IoT devices, Sukriti. so now it is everything, right? We have switches which are smart switches, we have refrigerators which are smart, we have you know, every our whole home is connected. Sukriti, correct? Refrigerators are connected to microwave, and microwave and is connected to uh, switches, which are Wi-Fi enabled. Then TV, Alexa. You can run everything from using your Alexa, right? So everything are IoT devices. Now these IoT devices, Sukriti, they generate millions of events in a second, and now to process these events the serverless computing becomes an absolute best architecture model to process those events in uh, and take a decision and process them in real time. That's where they can act as a wonderful backend for IoT devices. Many times we have third party services, which are black boxes. It allows us to even uh, host and manage them. And as I talked about Monte Carlo simulations, it really acts as an enabler for boosting computing performance for a standalone, a stateless asks, Sukriti.
0: That's very interesting, uh, That Some good insights from your concept of Monte Carlo, I should say. Uh, The next one is a little more uh, detailed that I would want to, you know, want you to uh, share with us. Uh, How serverless is similar or dissimilar to microservices from technology perspective? And uh, what are the strengths of both while implementing the application and how serverless can improve resiliency? Uh, Last but not least, you know, how can it help in creating a better customer experience, which is of utmost importance to any organization?
1: Sure. So... This is uh, this is again very uh, interesting question and uh, people uh, actually, you know, use uh, many times interchangeably that, OK, we have been using microservices. Microservices were supposed to be another uh, innovation in whole REST uh, uh, paradigm, whole new way of uh, architecture methodology. Now, what is this fast? What is this uh, serverless computing? And I, I know this can become confusing, this can become uh, you know intimidating also at uh, times. So what I will say is, in a very simple perspective, Sukriti, which will help all of us to understand, microservices is a way to you know architect an overall application, whereas serverless is a way to run an application. It's a very simple you know way to understand it. So microservices, they're the whole, as I talked about, that API to make a payment, right? So, so that whole, that API where that there is an API, that there is a logic of API, there is a database which serves the API and there are dependent APIs which call each other is a whole paradigm and whole set of microservices which enables a banking transaction. But whereas what we can do is we can take out some parts and components of that microservice implementation and we can run it as a serverless so what it means is microservice overall architecture can constitute within itself multiple function you know as a function as a service components multiple serverless components within itself so it is like a microservice architecture can compose a multiple fast components or serverless components side. So they actually I will say they complement each other, they aid to each other's architectural beauty instead of acting as a competitor to each other. That's where I will say that how it is similar or dissimilar. It is similar from a perspective that it is a architectural paradigm it is similar in a perspective that it believes in decoupling of the you know whole the way microservice is a decoupling of layers the way microservice you know allows the components to be very atomic and granular in nature the same way uh, serverless programming believes in the same architectural first principles but at the same time microservices many times are very heavily dependent on states because at times you need a state management for some of the things where you need a, some future or previous interpretations to happen in your architecture, whereas a serverless uh, uh, implementation, it is not the best way or I will say that uh, best uh, mechanism to think about a, a state implementation. So from that perspective, it is uh, it can be different. So, Again, I will say that depending upon use case to use case, we need to take a call that where we go for a, a server pure serverless architecture paradigm or full-fledged a microservice-based architecture. For example, a serverless application may not be suitable for, uh, you know, where we are maintaining the states or... Uh, uh, socket-based communication because at times there are many places where socket-based communications need to be used. Whereas a serverless paradigm doesn't allow us to use a socket-based communication because it has a its own life cycle and a context. So that's where I will say the difference between microservices and serverless architecture paradigm. And again, as I said, that they complement each other rather than being competitive in nature but most important sukriti i will again put a very very fundamental stress upon it and that's how i started my today's conversation is we need to understand what is a serverless architecture how function as a serv- you know service belongs to serverless architecture paradigm how the different constituents and building blocks of a serverless Architecture are. When we understand the fundamentals of serverless programming paradigm, then we will be able to use and apply in the right use cases, and then we will be able to take the make the most out of it. Now, very simple thing. You asked me how uh, you know uh, easy or uh, I'm assuming your question was how easy or complex designing the serverless architecture was, right, Supriya? That was another question uh, you asked me. Sorry, uh, I think your question was too too long. So yeah, so was the, that also a part the last of the part?
0: The last part was about how it can help in creating a better customer experience, uh, Shantanu.
1: Okay, uh, I'll come to that. So I'll just want to take a few minutes to even you know some guidelines for design and maintaining the serverless architecture. So very simple. There are three, I will say three commandments let ensure that each function is performing only one action don't have you know redundant actions performed by your functions don't try to make embedded function calls don't make too many chatty functions calls so ensure that functions don't call other functions and try to use as minimum libraries in your functions as possible so this is three development commandments I will give uh, Sukriti to engineers when they are trying to, you know, maintain or develop a serverless architecture. Now coming to from a customer perspective, Sukriti, I will be very candid with you, to the end customer, it really, you know, doesn't uh, impact them as much, but as a provider of a service, as a provider of software solution to that customer, we can make an immense beneficiary impact to the customer by adopting to the serverless architecture. So what it means is, Sukriti, if the cost is less for me as a provider, I can in turn pass the same cost benefit to my end customer. If my development productivity is increasing, so it means that in the same time frame I can develop much more innovative and higher innovative products at a scale for my customers. So if my maintenance cost is reducing and my maintenance life cycle is reducing that it means that I could be in the same maintenance cost I can provide a much much higher quality of service to my customer. So what customer gets Sukriti in all this is implied benefit of every benefit which we as a software provider and implementer get. Supriti, so any, yes. <laughs> no, so any you, part of the question I, I left?
0: You did not. In fact, uh, you answered uh, the last question that I had about, uh, you know, designing and maintaining serverless architecture. So thank you so much for that. And those were some fantastic insights, Shantanu. Thank you for being a part of the show and sharing some great inputs around the building blocks, advantages of adopting serverless infrastructure, enhancing customer experience in designing and maintaining serverless architecture, Shantanu.
1: Thank you, Sukriti. And I hope our listeners and viewers are able to, you know, take some advantage out of our today's session. And my only earnest request would be to them is after hearing this session, go and read. And most important, try it. For sure, try it once. Because until unless we don't try, we will not be able to harness the benefit for ourselves.
0: Absolutely right, Shantanu. So thank you to our wonderful listeners. Hope you enjoyed the conversation Have and you marked those useful tips and insights uh, Shantanu mentioned. I will be back with another episode super soon. Stay tuned to TechEgg for all the tech updates.